Words Matter is excited to bring to you this preview of the Ashcroft in America podcast. I'm Michael Ashcroft, the founder of Lord Ashcroft Polls, and this is the Ashcroft in America podcast. For the past two years, I've been privileged to work with some of my favorite Brits in the world with the Lord Ashcroft Polls outfit, and we have been conducting research on voters in America and their attitudes about American politics. And Lord Michael Ashcroft is the man behind the project and the research, and he is here today. Michael, how are you? I'm very well indeed, Elise. I'm very pleased to be here. So Lord Ashcroft, he is the former deputy chair of the Conservative Party in the UK, and he is the author of many books, most recently White Flag, a book about British defense and I believe the lack of funding. But tell us about your new book. Well, the book is uh, White Flag. It's actually got a question mark after the word flag as to whether uh, Britain is, in fact, running up the white flag in its place in the world as a defense nation. And this has been a two-year study as to the threats that now face the United Kingdom. And, well, not just the United Kingdom. It faces the world of whether it's uh, Russian cybersecurity, terrorism, uh, basic uh, warfare, and whether Britain uh, is capable with the resources and power that it has in order to resist those threats. And I think you'll find that the conclusion of it is that we are not And the book does not go further into recommendations as to what the UK should do. That's for the policymakers uh, to make that decision, uh, but laying out the flags. And it's had some very good endorsements, uh, including from our former Foreign Secretary, William Hague. And you just released the book, but now you are back in the US and you're getting your next Big research project off the ground are midterms Ashcroft in America research. And can you talk a little bit about Ashcroft in America and why you became interested in political research? Well, when I was uh, deputy chairman of the Conservative Party, I conducted uh, their research. And when I stood down from that position, I was so intrigued by doing the polls and research and political thinking uh, that I did it for my own account and it's become my hobby And I was fascinated when Trump came on the scene, especially as the Brits were starting to get interested in this American reality show, which is your politics. And uh, so the purpose of my mission is to come over to the States. The Brits uh, are my audience in order to try to help and explain uh, what is happening over here. But in the process, I'm meeting some fascinating uh, people interviewing a number of uh, interesting people for the podcast and basically enjoying myself, Elise. Well, I'm glad to hear that. We're very happy to have you in the U.S. I'm excited because mid-October, we're going to embark on some new research and we're going to go to New Hampshire. We're going to go to New Jersey. We're going to go to Iowa. We're heading to Minnesota and finally to California. And we're going to talk to voters from all different walks of life and political persuasions about how they see American politics in this era. And you recently did something that I want to hear about from the perspective of a Brit in America. You went down to my neck of the woods in Mississippi, and you went to Donald Trump's rally. And can you tell me what that experience was like? 
Well, I've always been fascinated when I've seen Trump on the television, but I realize that when you see him on television, you're not really getting the atmosphere of a stadium. And so I wanted to experience just once what it's like to sit in the audience, listen to him, see what the reaction is, see what the sounds are like. And so I went down to uh, South Haven in Mississippi and sat in the stadium there. Uh, the atmosphere was absolutely electric. It's quite clear that Trump has improved his oratory, knowing which buttons to press for his base uh, in order to wind them up. Um, and it was a most fascinating um, experience. Have you ever been to a rally like that in the UK? I have never been to a rally uh, of such a magnitude. The only person in the United Kingdom that can whip up a little bit of a frenzy is Boris Johnson, uh, but nowhere near the power uh, that Trump brings to his base. He is a classic showman in not only his words, but his body language as each time he makes a point, turns around to the crowd, waves to them, gets them up on their feet. It is quite a phenomenon. Well, in your previous career, at the start of your career, you, I believe, managed a rock band. So you visited some concert venues. Was this like a rock concert? How many people were there? Well, I think the stadium uh, itself holds probably about 10,000 people. Um, and it was full and it was raucous. And uh, the thing which also I noticed was quite a few millennials there. And I saw quite a number of banners of uh, women for Trump, as well as all the other types of, uh, of banners there. And I took the time to talk to a number of the people that were there, uh, why are there, why they like Trump, uh, so on and so forth. But uh, it, it confirmed some of the basic research that I've done recently about how firm the Trump base is. And it is quite clear, both from the research and the reaction, is that that base is holding pretty firm. And the thing is, is that from the Democrat side, I, I regard them as surely now people, that every time something happens with Trump, the attitude is surely now his voters must realize what a terrible choice they've made. But yet the reverse is true. It's sort of cementing his base. And we certainly heard that when we were in Mississippi for focus groups back in March. And you have actually spent more time in Mississippi than a lot of people I know. Even as a Brit, you venture down to my lovely home state fairly often. What would you say right now that you see as similarities between the political turmoil that Donald Trump is certainly at the middle of, and then in the UK, the political turmoil over Brexit? Well, the fundamental difference between those two is that Trump is for four years. Brexit is for life. And so there are a lot of fundamental differences. But the one thing that is similar is that the liberal elite and liberal media cannot get to grips with why a reasonable person would vote for Trump, or in the United Kingdom, why a reasonable person would vote for Brexit. And so this has caused the, both the media and the divisiveness uh, that has been created not just in the United States over the Trump issue, but in the United Kingdom 
uh, over the Brexit issue. I've never seen such polarisation of political view in both our nations. Do you see there being any reconciliation, any resolution in the near term in the UK? One hopes so. But at the moment, nobody really knows what's going to happen to Brexit. If I had to put my dollar down on a bet, I would say that we will leave the European Union. But what I don't know is the terms and conditions on that. Uh, but uh, what, what I heard one uh, member of parliament say is, let's get out of Europe and then let's do a Trump. And I said, uh, doing a Trump? And he said, yes, Trump comes to power. He doesn't like the Oslo agreement. He doesn't like the Iran nuclear deal. He doesn't like NAFTA and then does something about it. So once we get out of the European Union, so his argument went, we can then uh, renegotiate down the uh, line. And Trump has certainly led the way on that type of philosophy. And so as we head out on this next Ashcroft in America research adventure, what are the big questions that you're interested in hearing from the voters about? One of the most important things on our trip around the states over the next uh, couple of weeks uh, will be to assess how the Supreme Court nomination has worked its way through into the voters' minds and as to whether that has affected them or not affected them. Working on the Ashcroft in America project for me was very beneficial in 2016 because all of you Brits had dealt with Brexit and the polls and all of the political debate that had just happened and the politically impossible had seemed to happen. And so I feel like your analysis was more right at the time just because you were open to the possibility that Donald Trump could win. And plenty of mainstream media figures simply were ignoring that possibility. And so as we went around doing all of these focus groups, we certainly heard from plenty of passionate Trump supporters. And this go around, I'm excited to hear what those Trump supporters are going to say. That's why it's important to also measure when we're out on the road, the, the so-called blue wave. Is it happening? Is it not happening? Uh, but we won't know the answer to that until we have put the questions. And that's part of the excitement of this trip we're on. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes of the Ashcroft in America podcast featuring all of our focus groups as we travel across America. Be sure to subscribe to Ashcroft in America on Apple Podcasts and other podcasting apps.